Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 111 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON Field Investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by the podcast, Let's Find Out, with co-host Diego. You can get that available on all podcast platforms, and you can also get the link in the description of the episode below or over our website at ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. You can also get a bunch of other stuff over at our website as well. Tons of UFO articles over there, published articles on all parts and topics of the UFO phenomenon. Um, you can also check out some merchandise and stickers and pins we have available for you guys. Um, also, uh, upcoming events, all kinds of stuff over there. So I, I encourage you guys to go and check out the website. Um, so for episode 111 today, we're going to be welcoming special guest Chris Harmon. Um, Chris is a fellow MUFON field investigator. He's also part of MUFON Star Team, which is the special strike team, which actually gets out to a location within 24 hours of a crash or, or evidence case. Um, he's also a part of the ERT, which is the Experiencer Resource Team. I'm also a part of that as well, um, where we work with experiencers to help them through the process of their contact experiences. Um, very, very good stuff here. And Chris is also a professional remote viewer. Um, remote viewing is kind of, uh, it deals in med meditation and kind of uh, projecting to a location and being able to see it without being there. Um, Chris will be able to explain it a lot better. Um, and we'll go into some of how he's been using remote viewing, his investigations within MUFON and research into paranormal. Um, he's been doing this for a very long time, um, so we should have a bunch of great information to go over today. Um, so we're going to welcome him on, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And as we always like to say, strap on them seatbelts, we're going for a ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 111 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by the podcast, Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. You can get that information in the description of the episode below or over to our website at ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Today, we're welcoming special guest Chris Harmon, who is a MUFON star team member, a MUFON field investigator, and a MUFON ERT, Experience a Resource Team member. Chris, welcome to the show. Yes, glad to be here. Absolutely, man. Uh, you've been in the field for some time now. Um, you're doing a lot, of, a lot of good work that I've been seeing um, on social media um, between your investigations with MUFON and the remote viewing. Um, but I guess let's start from the beginning and, and, and understand how you got involved in the field. Was it something of interest or did you have an, your own experience or, or how did that happen? Uh, yes, I had my own experiences when I was a, with a child with, a, with a, uh, ETs, as we call them. But um, as a kid, of course, I was too scared, nervous to, to turn around and look at them. They would usually come around at night. When, when I got older, I finally had the courage to uh, look at them and I found out, realized it was all peaceful. and. Uh, began to uh, realize what their mission was for me, was they wanted me to go out and uh, help uh, people who needed help and uh, spread the word of, of UFOs, aliens, and, and try to bring peace and everything. And um, during all of that, I became a paranormal investigator. As years went on, uh, somebody mentioned MUFON, which made sense because when I heard that, I realized I could join MUFON and further my uh, knowledge of UFOs and aliens had already be begun researching everything. Uh, 
and I joined MUFON, became a uh, field investigator, a uh, star team member, and a uh, remote viewer because I was also a psychic as a, as a child as well. Okay, so you actually had those psychic abilities, the ESP, when you were younger, when you had these experiences? Uh, yes, I uh, had the um, abilities to uh, know things and understand things a lot of people wouldn't know. And uh, it was through the uh, psychic uh, abilities that um, I don't know for sure if it was related to the ET experiences, but uh, it all kind of came together. And uh, through all of that, it led me to where I'm at now, becoming a field investigator and uh, becoming a remote viewer and a remote viewing teacher. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, that's kind of how I, it worked with myself. I had some experiences when I was younger and then, you know, kind of found out about MUFON along the way through the grapevine eventually. And and uh, MUFON's a great organization with the training. You know that. Uh, so it's, it's something good to be a part of to get involved in the field. Um, could you kind of tell us a little bit about your experiences and how it all started? Like what 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 how it went, um, how many different experiences you had, um, you know, your thoughts when you first had these experiences? Oh, yes. Uh, my first experience was around 19, oh, shoot, had been 90, 96, 97. Uh, I began to feel a presence in my room where I was sleeping. Of course, I didn't know what it was and was afraid to look at it, but it happened multiple times. But at the same time, as these experiences happened, my psychic abilities grew, and I also had the ability to help other people. I could be in a room and someone was choking or be in a place or area just when somebody needed help. And during all of that, I would get aggravated because my plan was to uh, become a professional photographer and maybe a businessman of some sort, but I always found myself back in the same position, helping others and uh, and just having like information that would come to me. I didn't know where the information was coming from. Uh, years later, I continue, continue to have the experiences, but uh, at one point I finally had the courage. I moved to a different location and I slept in a different room and I turned around one night and there was a ET standing right in front of me and he didn't look harmful at all nothing to be scared of I realized that after I looked at him and uh, then I began to realize what he was trying to tell me that he wanted me to go out and help other people in the world you know help others that need help um, and 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 do great things and at first I didn't quite understand why he wanted me to do that then I realized that that helping others was what they were doing they were helping others and so when I agreed to help, I agreed to help other people. I, I told him that I, I promise you I will help other people. And when I did that, of course, that's when my career began, uh, all started. I became a paranormal investigator, a professional photographer. And then within just a year or so later, I joined MUFON. It all kind of happened instantly. And to this day, I still help other people. And uh, I'm now also teaching a psychic course uh, online. And uh, the experiences have taught me a lot because now I'm able to decipher what what they tell me with their messages when when they do speak to me. I'm able to um, still occasionally have encounters like I had one a few weeks ago. And uh, but everything is peaceful. I, I think that I'm working with them and they're helping me uh, help other people and uh, increase my psychic abilities. I'm able to do a lot of great things with everything I've learned. But I wouldn't have learned any of that if I hadn't had encounters to begin with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so have they been teaching you through the years? And, and if so, what have they been kind of teaching you about um, to kind of give back in this way? Well, I, at first, I didn't realize what they were doing, but then I realized that they were teaching me the ability to help other people, like how to act uh, instantly and how to uh, become more focused. And they were also giving me the abilities to know something was going to happen before it would happen. Like I would get a 
it's kind of like what people call kind of like a feeling only mine was much stronger like i would know for a fact something's going to happen and sometimes i would know exactly when and where and i would be in that location yep sure enough and i would run over to help that person or like one day i was a uh, at a uh, store and i was and i thought well i need to be in this lane over here so i went over to this other lane and within just a few seconds a woman fell backwards and i was able to grab her and save her from hitting her head on the floor because i I just knew that's where I needed to be at that moment. And these things happen quite frequently. And that's how it started. They happen quite frequently. And now I'm able to um, really, uh, I, it's become more prominent now. I'm able to understand it all. And I get a much better um, um, idea of how to uh, act because I've been trained. They, they taught me so much. It's almost hard to put into words. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, the ESP, the extrasensory perception, and not, not not many very people get to have that. So it's great that you're able to do that and help other people through them helping you in a sense. Um, so I think that's amazing. Um, so you're, you're on MUFON's ERT, the Experiencer Resource Team, which is helping other experiencers, which you've been doing, you've been helping others. Um, how has that helped you in your journey as being an experiencer and an investigator? How has that really um, extended your help to the world and to the people. Well, I think that joining the ERT has allowed me to um, not only meet a lot, of, a lot of interesting people, but able I'm able to uh, relate my experiences to some of the stuff they've experienced. I use my uh, tools and the guidance from the ETs to help other people put their mind at ease because they're they're traumatized and, and, and a lot of times they're just scared to even discuss what they went through. They're afraid to even look at it. Uh, afraid to even look at the ETs or even discuss it, but through my uh, through my help, I'm able to give them the reassurance that it's all peaceful. A lot of it is, and that they shouldn't be too afraid. That if they need anything, I'm here. And sometimes I will give them a, a guided meditation. I I do a lot of meditation work for some experiencers. I write them a uh, a page full of information that they can read that kind of puts their mind at ease. And helps them get into a relaxed state and then they can fall asleep easier at night and and dream about being somewhere else and not be so afraid of the encounters uh, i've had a lot of experiencers that have wrote me back and thanked me for the meditation because they said that through my work of being able to put them in a better place they were able to um sleep much easier and some people have told me the encounters have stopped or if they haven't stopped they said they haven't noticed it as much because i'm able to uh, basically take their mind with meditation into a better location like maybe a beach or uh, a garden or somewhere more more um more beautiful where they're not thinking about the fear that might come later on and they do this often enough that the only thing they see is what i give them and they don't see the uh, the the fear or the negativity because their mind's not focused in that direction so yeah you're, you're giving people a better quality of life would you say so all right, and and that's that was my promise to the ET years ago to help every person I could. So it doesn't matter who the person is, rather than being an experiencer or just somebody off the street. If they need help, I'm going to give it to them. And I get thanked a lot because I even had uh, one of my ET friends, or I don't know if it was an ET or a spirit guide, that came to me one afternoon and basically told me flat out that uh, they appreciate the hard work and that they uh, that I will get rewarded someday for it. And so I continue to spread the. Uh, the, the, the help and, and the good word. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Um, I did want to ask you about now, if you had someone that came to you and they're an experiencer and they're having really negative effects, uh, possibly more paranormal, more hitchhiker effect type thing, 
Um, what would be the process that you would do to go through with that individual to help them through that process? Well, I would have them basically tell me their story from the way they see it from start to finish uh, when they feel comfortable. And then I would listen for clues as to if this really is negative or not. And let's, let's assume that it is judging by everything they tell me. I would then give them a, uh, not only say counterattack, but more of a, uh, a way to uh, let the ETs know they're not welcome by a lot of times I would have the uh, experiencer envision a, a white light or a white shield around their body. That's the shield of love, light, and protection. And the ETs cannot come near that light because it blinds them. I can also have them uh, envision like a golden light or even a bright light around the uh, around the outskirts of their house to keep the ETs away. Plus, I even tell them to, you know, try to send a telepathic message to them. Let them know that they are not welcome in your environment and make sure you make that very clear. Say it often enough so that way they can hear that they are not welcome as well as using the bright uh, uh, light technique around their uh, house and um, just anything that they can think of and try to stay positive because negative uh, feelings and negative entities, rather it be paranormal or ETs, have a hard time living or staying in a positive environment. And the happier you are, the less frequent you're going to have uh, experiences in some cases. Yeah, that, that's great advice. Um, absolutely. What are your opinions on crystals, um, sage, different things like that to kind of cleanse the home, the body, um, and, the, and the energy <laughs> around them? I know that sage does work. Um, some of our paranormal episodes we've done, we've used a sh uh, sage to cleanse the house. But uh, I'm not myself personally. I don't use any any crystals or techniques or anything. I, I've used crystals before, but I didn't, can't say they really did a whole lot. I just, as long, long as I stay positive and stay uh, in a happy mindset and understand that I'm guided by spirit guides and even the ETs I work with, uh, I will be okay. But uh, if some people feel comfortable with crystals and all that, that's fine. But I, I think a lot of it is just having a happy mindset, heart will guide you in a better direction rather than relying on something as a uh, like crystals or anything like that. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, so kind of moving on to the star team. Um, not many people are familiar with the MUFON star team, what they do, um, what the training is, uh, kind of how you guys react and, and, and do your investigations. So could you kind of give us a walkthrough of what this MUFON star team is and what you guys do, your job? Yeah, as a star team member, it's what we're known as the strike team area rapid research team. And uh, we uh, get rid of a lot of cases rather quickly. Uh, and we also um, jump into action when needed. Uh, we get so many cases in MUFON, of course, a lot of them are just uh, misidentifications. And we can we, we can close those cases out rather quickly in the star team just just by looking at a photo we just know exactly what's going on or just by the description we can close the case out rapidly um, in some cases uh, we might have an emergency case where we have to hurry up and get to a, get to a location and start doing the groundwork maybe possibly a landing or a uh, or an abduction case we might have to leave instantly and go and aid or assist the uh, that that person or that area and uh, like I say that, and then of course rapidly closing cases. Um, that's basically what the star team is. We just just a higher rank that gets into action rather quickly. We, we can do this quicker than say just a, a standard field investigator who may be newer and not familiar with all the protocol protocols or all the techniques that we use. It's good that you said protocols because I don't think many people realize that MUFON does have protocols and does have <laughs> a, you know a kind of by the book way of doing things. Uh, the training aspect of it all. 
um, which is really, really a big part of what we do. And I think it needs to be more light needs to be shed on that uh, about how professional we are when we do our jobs, um, especially with you being on the star team. Um, I think it's absolutely great that we have that and we're able to have people out into a location within 24 hours. Um, I think it's 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 great. Um, so being a star team member, you guys get really good cases. You, get, you guys get the crash cases, the the investigations that may have more evidence in a normal case. Um, do any cases that you've worked on stick out particular that may have caught your eye more, um, may be very interesting to share with the audience? Oh, yes, there's a couple of uh, interesting cases. One in particular, uh, I won't give out location details, but we had to, uh, a woman had actually captured a, a video of the uh, of the alleged uh, UFO that was flying near her home. And uh, we did all the research on, on, on the video. It's, it's in the CMS. We did all the research on it. And, and of course, I had a lot of photo analysis on, on the on the uh, video itself to see if I could determine anything that might lead it to be more of an IFO. And we couldn't come up with anything other than the fact that it looked like a UFO. And and with the photo analysis I did, it it, it had all the techniques, all, all the characteristics of being an uh, actual UFO. So we loaded up and went over to the uh, location on a weekend and uh, interviewed the uh, homeowner the, and some other witnesses. and got an idea of what where she was standing at at the exact moment, did some, uh, well, of course, some groundwork, a little bit of uh, EMF work, and did a lot of uh, looking around the areas to see if we could see anything that might have caused a reflection or even light patterns that could indicate, because a lot of times light patterns can be mistaken for UFOs, and they can also, lights can kind of ricochet into the sky, giving a different appearance, and with photos, of course, you can, you can mistake a photo for something like that, but Everything we did, we couldn't have any 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 proof other than to say that that was a classic UFO that was caught on camera, and that was one of the one of the cases I will say definitely remember because it the, the video really is, really uh, intrigues me even to this day to look at it because very seldom do you get a case with photo evidence that clear and that really stands out. Could you kind of describe what the UFO looked like and the and the and the, the ability the maneuverabilities that you've seen in the video? Yeah, the video was kind of oh, I want to say more like a triangle shape, and and you can see the uh, lights that had an odd pattern to it, and they were moving. I'm not familiar with what direction right offhand, but uh, they were moving kind of an odd direction, and uh, it was a clear night, so there was nothing, no rain, no no clouds or anything to block the uh, vision of it, and that's what made it so. That's what made it stand out so much was the fact that the video was so perfectly clear. It was almost like perfect timing to to, to videotape something like that. Which in that case, when you when you get a case that sounds so so perfect, that's when you start thinking, well, did they was it a hoax or was it made to look like that? No, this was a legitimate case with perfect evidence and the video. You can clearly see the UFO. It was triangle shaped, lights flashing in the odd direction, and it just it, it was a perfect case to investigate. And we were happy to get out there and and really get our hands on and look at it. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, that kind of evidence is, is very hard to come by these days. We know it that with cameras, most of them come out foggy or you can't even see the half of the photo. Um, so, to, right. so to get one like that is, is phenomenal. Um, great stuff there for sure. Um, so have you come across any, any um, you know, physical uh, uh, landing cases or physical evidence cases that you come across doing the star team work? I never had any landing cases yet or physical cases. Uh, there is one other case that clearly stands out, and that was a few years back in uh, 2021. It was the outdoor uh, 
heavy metal rock concert where everybody at the at the concert saw what they believed to be a clear-cut UFO in the sky, dead center over the area. It was a saucer shape and had a what you look like all the characteristics of a UFO. And we spent months and months, several of us, on the case trying to trying to debunk this, and we and we could not. And the video was a clear-cut video. I did all the photo analysis. Uh, some of the other guys did all the uh, interviews, interviewing numerous people, and they even tried to interview interview the band members, if I'm not mistaken. And we we, did, we st started the case in September, and it took us clear to December just to try to uh, get a conclusion of it. And the video and, and the photos were just spot on. I mean, another one of those clear-cut cases of, of a, what looks like a real UFO. But it wasn't until maybe mid-December when somebody found some photos of the stage, the lights on the stage. And what it turned out to be was the lights on the stage were reflecting into the sky. And it gave the illusion of what would appear like a UFO because the lights were, when you see the stage of lights and you see the uh, the image of what looks like a UFO that match up perfectly, and that was we finally were able to debunk it. But there, for the longest time, we thought we really had a great UFO case with video and photo. Yeah, especially when you got that many witnesses, right? I mean, how many? How many were there? How many seen it? <clears throat> I would say at least a couple hundred. I mean, it was a huge outdoor uh, three-day rock and roll uh, heavy metal fest, and uh, I would love to have been there myself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I think this is why education is so important on the subject because. If you're not educated on on reflections and in the way lights can reflect the way they do, then you'll you have no idea and you really do think it's a real UFO like they did. Um, so it's great having you on to be able to walk us through this. So we, we can educate people on that being a real occurrence when it comes to UFO sightings. So that's pretty incredible. Um, so let's go ahead and take our quick break. And when we get back, we can kind of dive into your remote viewing uh, part of what you do, because that's very interesting. You're teaching some classes. Um, you've been doing work in that field for a while. Um, and many people that listen to the show, I know, are really interested in that, that part of the phenomenon um, and that, that aspect. So uh, let's take our break and we'll be back right after these messages. This is your host, Jesse Peak. Check out our official website at ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Read up on UFO articles, including abductions, close encounters, sighting cases, megalithic structures, and more. Also, check out our new Facebook group. You'll get updates on guests every week, new events coming up, and our schedule of who we're going to have on in the future. Again, that's UFO Encounters Worldwide Facebook group and our website at ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Have you always been curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Then let's find out with co-host Diego is the podcast for you. Join in on an adventure into the world of the inexplicable and get insights from experienced researchers, investigators, and experts. Listen to mind-bending discussions and fascinating stories as Let's Find Out explores the strange, mysterious, and paranormal. Let's find out with co-host Diego. 
is a unique and engaging podcast that uncovers the mysteries of the cryptic and unknown. With insightful interviews and discussions, they discover the very latest theories, discoveries, and investigations that may someday give us the final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, TuneIn, and Rumble. UFO encounters worldwide would like to announce our brand new home at the UNX Network. Listen to us every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear UFO encounters worldwide podcast. That's on the UNX Network. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peake, at ufoencountersworldwide at gmail.com today. Looking to get some UFO merchandise? We'll get some UFO Encounters Worldwide official stickers, and we also have pins. Check out our selection, DM us or email us if you're interested for inquiry, and we'll show you our selection. All pins and stickers are $3 each and $1 shipping, or you can mix and match any five for $10 in free shipping. DM us or send us an email if you're interested. Alright everybody, welcome back to the second half of episode 111. We're sitting down with our special guest, Chris Harmon. Um, so, before we get into the remote viewing part, um, there's a question I want to ask you, and this is like a big, it's, it's kind of controversial, but it's not. Um, but people with the word paranormal and ufology and putting the two together, um, do you believe there is a crossover between ufology and the paranormal? I uh, know. I believe it's all pretty much all the same in some cases. I mean, I mean, UFOs and paranormal go hand in hand. When, when you look at uh, some of the, uh, uh, even some of the UFO cases we get, there's a lot of paranormal relations to it, such as shadow figures and uh, even, even voices and and orbs and lights that reflect and and pass pass through the houses, areas, even outdoors. So I think a lot of it, it is tied together. I mean, I can't say for a fact that at every uh, UFO case is a paranormal type case and vice versa, but there is a lot of uh, uh, relation to it. And even a lot of the experiencers were told you they have had UFO encounters, but yeah, but they've also at the same time had paranormal encounters within the same 24 hour period. Yeah, I completely agree. I do believe that they're one and the same. And many of UFO sightings usually involve some type of paranormal activity sometimes and, and vice versa. When there's a paranormal event, sometimes people see UFOs in the sky. Um, so I do, I, I believe 100% that it's, it's all kind of in the same uh, kind of category. You know what I mean? Um, not separated. I know some people want the paranormal to be the paranormal and some want ufology to be ufology. Um, but I think we're getting to a point in time where more people are starting to be open to the fact that it's all one big phenomena that we're trying to investigate, you know? Oh, right. Definitely. Um, so you are a big time remote viewer. Um, you've been teaching classes I've seen recently, even for the move on ERT people that were interested. You put, I've seen the emails you put out for that. 
Um, you know, we know that the government and, and law enforcement um, use remote viewing or have used remote viewing in the past. And I know they still do today. Um, detectives use it to solve crimes and cases. Um, how did you get involved? I mean, you've always had that, that kind of psychic ability when you were young, but how did you know what remote viewing was and how did you get involved in that? Well, basically, I started as I got older, my experiences began to broaden a lot more thanks to the ETs and some of the other things I went through. And I began to research uh, different uh, ways of different types of psychicness and different different things. And I found, come across the remote viewing. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. So I started studying on it, read some books and watched some videos on it, and uh, then decided to take a, a course and, and, and get uh, certified as a remote viewer. So I went and got myself. Uh, uh, some courses took and uh, did, did a lot of practice, a lot of research for quite a while, almost for a few years. And when I got certified, I uh, continued to practice and continued uh, doing all the work and began helping other people using my remote viewing skills and psychic skills. And then uh, somebody in the ERT mentioned uh, about taking psychic lessons. I thought, well, I could teach that. So I volunteered to teach a, a psychic course to the members of the ERT and they they loved it and they wanted to take more to go further so I continued to teach and started started teaching other forms like remote healing and remote influencing I began teaching all three levels and and to this day now I'm teaching the general public I've, I'm teaching uh, up to three or four courses a week and the people have really gotten interested in it and surprisingly all the students that I've taught have done very well. I teach in a very uh, easy uh, to learn and understand uh, manner. I make everything fun, uh, uh, very interesting, and I uh, even work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them uh, grasp certain sections that maybe they can't, they don't quite understand. It, it, it's, it's become such a phenomenal uh, uh, a learning experience, for, not even for, just for me, but for everybody. Yeah, I bet it has. Um, and I think it's very helpful in this field. Um, even even when it comes to the you know law enforcement using it to help solve crimes, um, you know we've I've talked to a couple individuals that have worked on big cases and it's be, and, and and just to be able to solve a case and give closure to a family or even an investigation like we do here with ufology and use remote viewing, um, it's definitely a great tool to have in your in your toolbox. Um, so could you kind of like explain what the training process is of that? What do you have to do to train? Um, what books you read, that kind of stuff? Uh, yes, I read, uh, there were several books. Uh, there was different forms of remote viewing. There's associated remote viewing, um, um, controlled remote viewing, uh, trans-dimensional remote viewing, but it's all basically the same process. They just, some of them use different techniques and different uh, layouts a little bit. But what I, what I, Basically, what I teach is called link remote viewing because I came up with this myself. I take everything I've learned from all the different forms. I combine it all into one simple form where it's easy to work with and easy to use. Basically, you just take a uh, about seven to eight sheets of paper and you and using the processes like I teach, you write down everything that your spirit guides and uh, and your psychic uh, right side of your brain is telling you. You just basically just listen and write down what comes to you. And once you uh, start getting information coming out, you can then begin to connect the dots, put the pieces of information together, and form an overall, pic overall picture. By the time you get done, you should have not only uh, the exact uh, thing you're looking for, let's say you're looking for a, a lost child. By the time you get down to your final page, you ought to have the whereabouts as to where that child is, 
or that lost item, whatever you're looking for, and know exactly where to go. I did a, a missing persons case uh, recently, and I was able to, with my eight pages of work and my uh, help with my spirit guides and the knowledge that I gained, I was able to um, get license plate numbers, the house numbers, and exact location details to bring that back home. And I teach all that in class, how, how to find specific items. I teach in such a simple way that almost every student that I've taught has has been just spot on accurate. I've been able to certify pretty much every student that I've taught. That's that's great. Um, so, you know, with with remote viewing, um, can you is, is meditation a big part of remote viewing? Because I know um, people it's it's different for sure, but it's it's a part of that. Are you, are you getting to a state where? It's like right before you sleep. Could you kind of get into that a little bit? Yeah, some people like to meditate before they do their uh, remote viewing sessions, kind of get their mind relaxed and put all their thoughts aside. Um, I'm not against that. I don't do too much meditation myself beforehand, but some people do. Uh, and, and it does. It does help your mind relax and get you into a calm state. Uh, you, you can just sit back, relax, and let your uh, thoughts and worries kind of vanish and then when you get almost to like a sleep state, like you're referring to, then you can sit down and, and do a complete session. I'm able myself just to uh, kind of just sit for a few seconds, get myself almost relaxed, and then begin right away. And once you relax and put your thoughts and worries aside, you can then access your psychic uh, right side of your brain better and get the information to come. Because you, you will hear a lot more and be able to be more accurate if you're not thinking, because thinking uh, can kind of ruin your uh, remote viewing process because if you think, then you start getting words that aren't part of what you're supposed to know. And not thinking allows you to um, get better access and be able to, you can actually put down words you don't even know why you're putting them down. And you can get, have a whole page full of words that you don't know what, what they mean. But as you get going, they start to make more sense. And then you can form an overall picture of what it is that you're, you're needing to understand to help find the uh, target. So how much training would you say you would need to be able to successfully do remote viewing about? Now my classes are eight weeks, uh, usually between eight to nine weeks. And during those eight to nine weeks, within the first three weeks, everybody in class will have an idea of how this is done and should be able to remote view even within just the first two or three weeks of class. Uh, people are already succeeding. And then further along, they get more and more into it and they become more accurate. By the end of nine weeks, everybody should be certified and should be very accurate. And they can move on to the next stage of a, of like advanced remote viewing in some cases. That's great. That's excellent. Um, so another part of your skill set is that you're a professional photographer. Now, what I think is really cool about this is that you're a remote viewer and you deal with visions and photos of places where you're drawing stuff. And then you're also an investigator, so you can do photo analysis with this as well. <laughs> So your skill set is kind of, it all helps each other out, each thing. Um, how did you get into wanting to do photography, and how has that helped you in your investigative work? Yes, I wanted, wanted to be a photographer since I was a kid. I had a fascination for cameras and making movies and films. And uh, I went online and took some photography courses uh, with uh, world professional photographers and got certified as a photographer. I began then opening up my own business, doing weddings and, and sporting events and baptisms, different things people were hiring me for. 
And that once I joined MUFON, I was able to use my photography skills to use that on cases to understand reflections, uh, light patterns, various things, and being able to edit photos and get down to what exactly the person saw. Is this really a UFO or is it a man-made object? And I can use also use my photography skills in uh, remote viewing as well by using photo by looking at photos and being able to uh, pinpoint certain things and details that you wouldn't that a casual person wouldn't notice otherwise. Having the photography skills works in multiple areas, uh, not only move on but remote viewing and paranormal work because I can look for uh, like shadow figures, little things peeping out around the corners and. It all it all kind of ties together. All the work I do all kind of comes into one 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 form of, of life in a way. Yeah, that that's absolutely great. Um, I think it's neat how each thing falls into the other. Um, and and you've been doing this. I mean, how long have you been in the field for? When did you really get in started doing your research? How long has it been? Um, I would say at least four, maybe five years now. Right, uh, I want to say 2018, sometime around there. That's incredible. That's great. Um, so how can people go and find your classes when you're doing them? Um, do you have a Facebook page or a website or anything like that? People can find that and get involved. Yeah, they can go to Facebook. Uh, uh, Chris Harmon or uh, Crappie King. Uh, I call it Crappie King because I'm also a professional fisherman. But yeah, you can go there and uh, message me on there or even even with my email address at uh, mufon.chris at yahoo.com, message me and uh, I'll sign you up for the uh, courses and you can be taught how to remote view and uh, ask me anything you want, even even answer uh, UFO questions. I'm open to anything anybody has a need or a question for. That's great. That's excellent. Um, so I guess let's kind of move into uh, modern day UFOlogy and what's going on today in the, in the field. Um, I wanted to get some of your opinions on the stuff that's going on, you know, uh, with Arrow, um, you know, the government, you know, getting uh, the investigations into UFOs, the whistleblowers coming forward, um, disclosure today, what that is. Um, what, do, what do you think that the, the public should be focusing on to help move disclosure forward today? Well, I think it's going to take a lot of uh, getting to the right getting the right answers or the right questions to the right people. And I think if we all come together and, and kind of form one unit and, and, and let, let them know they need to get the information out because we as a general public, we have a right to make our own, our own mind up as far as what we believe in and what we don't. I don't think somebody else should make those decisions for us. I think that in time, a lot of the information that we're looking for is like disclosure will uh, come out. I think it's slowly coming out now. I don't think that there's really anybody that's going to control the ETs as far as when we finally get to uh, have hands-on communication with them, per se. But if we all come together and, and, and stick to our guns that we want the information out, at some point, I think they're going to have to relinquish because they can only uh, keep the information private for so long and we will eventually get to the, uh, as the old saying goes, the bottom of things. We're slowly getting there. It's just a matter of... Um, getting the right questions to the right people and i think eventually it will happen uh i can't say what year or anything but at some point so what are your thoughts on on arrow and the investigations into the ufo phenomenon do you think there's really any credence behind that yeah i think that uh they might be uh slowly uh working towards what we want 
I think they know more maybe than what they're letting on, but I can't say that for a fact. I think that uh, everybody is uh, getting a little bit into the hands-on field of UFOs, UFOlogy, and I, as far as Aero, and I think they're going to eventually, oh, um, eventually get the uh, paperwork, get the right information out. Um, I'm not really, uh, I don't get too involved in 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 everything in, in that nature. And do you think it's it's helpful to to reach out to your local politicians, senators, uh, congressmen, and women? Um, to kind of push forward this disclosure process? Oh, yes. I think definitely they need to um, um, get out there, get the, spread the word. Let, that, that's the key to all this really is being able to spread the word and, and, and stick to your guns about getting the information out. Um, once, the, um, <clears throat> once the information starts to flow, I think eventually we're all going to get, at some point we'll all get what we want. I don't know how long it'll take, but I think eventually um, it, all the information we're looking for will eventually make, make its way to the forefront. forefront. That's great. That's excellent. Um, so, I mean, being, being involved with MUFON the way you have been, um, working, doing research on your own, um, all of it together, do you, has MUFON helped you as an investigator, even though you've had experiences from the time that you were young? um to to you know to someone that maybe didn't has that helped you in, in any particular way and given you maybe a little boost here and there when you're when you've gotten into the field oh yes move on and doing all the work that i do in the ufology and everything i move on has been great i've learned a lot from it i've learned not only a lot more about my own experiences some of the things i've went through over the years i've also learned um a lot more about myself as well and of course, there's been a lot of friends I've made in MUFON, and being able to investigate the cases, help uh, abduction victims uh, in the ERT, um, and of course, teaching remote viewing, doing the, all the photography analysis, uh, documentaries, and movies I've been been featured on. Um, it's all been just fantastic, and it all goes back to when this all started with my with my uh, contacts and experiences as a kid. If I hadn't had the experiences as a kid, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now in life, which is doing all of this great work. So even though we as humans go through things in life that maybe are, are uncomfortable growing up, in some cases it leads us to a better life to where we're at now. So, I mean, I mean, I see this clearly with you that you were kind of set on this path of being an investigator, helping people in general. Do you believe that each individual has their own agenda up to what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to be a part of this world in general? Oh, yes. I think everybody has their own life path. It's a matter of a, uh, of uh, following it and, and finding out what that is by listening to uh, yourself, maybe your spirit guides, if, for those that have that believe in that, and basically just stay, staying true to yourself, go, going with what your heart tells you, because usually the heart won't lie. And I think everybody can, if they stay on their path and, and work their dreams, things will, will improve for them. Now, I hear you keep saying spirit guide. For those that don't know what a spirit guide is, could you kind of explain that a little bit for people? Yeah, spirit guide is kind of like a, a a person that comes around and helps you. Uh, I think everybody has one. I can't say that for a fact, but a lot of people that have spirit guides, it's kind of, kind of like a best friend that follows you and guides you through your life, and he helps you uh, with decisions, different things you need to uh, need to make or learn, understand. He's kind of like a best friend in a way. So how does how does the spirit guide help help guide you 
does he does he let you know when does he give you those feelings that you get like you did in that store that that day when the lady fell um um what exactly does he do does the spirit guide do yeah he basically gives you a little like nudge or he gives you words of encouragement in a way he will uh, basically speak to you sometimes he will like tell you hey you need to be in this direction or you need to go here or there it's almost like you, you just kind of get a feeling and maybe you can kind of hear him in the, in the back of your mind telling you where to go and and you listen to him you follow through to his uh to what he's telling you and then you're in the right place at the right time is basically just guiding you through your life more or less i think it's interesting because you know when we're growing up as kids we all have like like um our secret friend that we have when we're growing up or our imaginary friend as our parents like to say it um and to come to find out when you do investigations and research into this field you know you you can tend to find out those imaginary friends tend to be real <laughs> um and and are a spirit guide in a sense like you you talk about or is some type of contact that has been happening with the paranormal or ufos or et um do you agree with that that aspect Oh yes, very much. Um, I didn't. Uh, you're, as a child, of course, I didn't believe in spirit guides or a lot, a lot of these things. But one day, I just happened to be uh, in a uh, meeting with uh, some some people, and they were talking about spirit guides. And, and I was sitting there, and it's funny because I I was like, they they were all having experiences right then and there with their spirit guides. And, and I made a comment. I said, "Well, mine, I don't, mine ain't here. I don't have one." And I no more than said that, and I got like a shove on my shoulder, and I heard a voice say, "Yeah, I'm right here." Uh, okay, I guess you are here. So I started speaking to him and and telling him to help, hey, guide me, help me out with life. And, and of course, he agreed to do that. And so since then, I've been working with him. And and so I know he's real because not only have I worked with him, but I've also actually seen him. So I know that they do exist. I think we all have one. It's just a matter of listening and, and understanding how to communicate with him. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, I completely agree with that. Um, I think everybody does have one. They just have to realize they do. And once they do that, they can kind of move forward with that. Um, so we're actually at the end of the show. Um, I, I enjoyed this conversation very much with you, Chris. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing all your knowledge with us. Absolutely amazing stuff you're doing. Um, do you want to tell everybody uh, again real quick where they can follow you at, uh, where they can get your classes and, and pay attention to all that at? Yeah, if you want to uh, take my remote viewing classes or just follow my career path in general, you can uh, go to uh, Facebook. It's a Chris Harmon Crappy King. Or you can send me an email at mufon.chris at yahoo.com. You can say you want to sign up for the classes. I'll put you down and uh, hope to see you in class and hope to see everybody in the future. Awesome, awesome. I'll make sure um, I get that information from you when we go off, and I'll make sure I put it in the description of the episode so people can get a hold of you that way. Um, and like I said, I appreciate you coming today and, and sharing this info with us. It's great to have um, opinions from other people that are in the field, uh, especially other MUFON investigators, to get your opinion on things um, and to get that different take. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, no problem. Glad to do it. Glad to be here. Awesome. Um, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 111 today of UFO Encounters Worldwide. Please go check out our sponsor, the podcast Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, available on all podcast platforms. You can get that link in the description of the episode below. And we'll be back next week with another special guest. And until next time, remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, that's another amazing episode. 
already recorded on UFO Encounters Worldwide with your host, Jesse Peake. Um, I want to thank our special guest today, Chris Harmon, for coming on today and uh, sharing his experiences working in the field of ufology and the paranormal, his investigations, as well as his remote viewing. Um, very interesting stuff. It's being more popularized in the field, um, and more and more people are getting involved doing remote viewing, which is very interesting. Um, so I want to thank Chris for coming on and sharing all that information with us today. Excellent, excellent, excellent conversations. Um, I want to make sure you guys please go check out our website. Um, also, if you haven't joined yet, our Facebook group. Um, if you join the Facebook group, we post all of our upcoming episodes, all of our past episodes, our sponsors. Um, we do some free giveaways once in a while. So all kinds of cool stuff. You can just search in Facebook, UFO Encounters Worldwide. You'll find us there. We have a chat. You can get involved and have conversations with the group. Um, tons of fun stuff. And you can also find our sponsor, the podcast Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. It's available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. He has a pod page. Um, all kinds of really good guests come on. He deals in the field of ufology, the paranormal, and cryptozoology. All the same kind of stuff we do here. Um, again, that's Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Our website, again, is ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Um, so we'll, we'll be back next week with another special guest. Um, I know with the holidays towards the end of the month, uh, we, might, uh, we might have to skip a couple, uh, one or two episodes for this month because of Christmas and New Year's. Um, but we'll sort all that out and hopefully we'll try to work it out so we can get the episodes in. But uh, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in to episode 111 today with our special guest, Chris Harmon. Um, it was a pleasure to have a conversation with him. And I thank you guys for your listening ears. So we'll see you all next week. And until then, remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Thank you.